He had told you. I told Oscar. This is all. It's always Oscar stuff. See, bro, told you. I'm back. Told you. So, welcome to episode ten of Drinks and Dogs. Uh, this one, you know, it's big, a big one for us because now we're in the double digits, and so I had to load it up. So I now have uh, three of the people that I I look at or really look at. I'm like, damn, like these guys, your dedication, stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, and the sport that you guys uh, participate in is awesome. So I have the cutters in, Amy and Tim. I have Oscar Moore, and I'm only repeating it this way because this is what I see. Uh, these guys are all amazing sport trainers, pet trainers, uh, and just good people in general. Uh, so, yeah, guys, this is episode 10 of Drinks and Dogs. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having Yeah, man, thanks for inviting us. And then we'll, we got to do a cheers. Oscar, you're not cheers because you're a driving, sir. <laughs> cheers, guys. Cheers. Don't trip. <laughs> awesome, man. So, so we're all in California. Uh, how has uh, dog training during COVID been for you guys? It's actually been uh, the first few weeks, um, I think, of the end of March, beginning of April. No, because before that, in February, we slowed down for like two seconds. And then since mid-March, we've just been slammed. Yeah. Yep. Same yeah. here. Yeah. COVID puppies. Yeah, we're we're pretty we're pretty surprised by you know how many people are still buying puppies and buying dogs and but no we're we're still we're getting slammed probably more than ever right now. Dang. Yep. So yep. We, yep. you guys both slowed down in February and March. Uh, we, I think we, I want to say like, cause we're more central to you guys because you guys are further north than I am and then Oscar's all the way down south. But like we slowed down super heavy in March and then it just kind of went, because I think it's just our county. And then it just went, you know, ape shit with all like the, the you know, all the puppies, the COVID puppies. Yeah. Yeah. When we did, we, when I met you at that wings thing, was right when our slowdown was happening. And I had actually asked Rob, I was like, are you seeing a slowdown? And he said, no. And he mentioned that you guys hadn't seen it at all. And then probably like two and a half, three weeks after that, we just started like, I couldn't keep up with the demand after that. Dang, that's cool. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lucky. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people have the, <laughs> that problem. What about you, Oscar? How's everything down there? Yes. Yeah, no, same thing. I had like, uh, like the first, man, I had like uh, four cancellations on boarding trains those first two weeks. Damn. And then uh, after that, every, you know, I got busy again. So it's all good. Awesome. Are you guys seeing like just being in like Cali and everything like that? Because I've talked to like a lot of people in rescue and just, you know, people in shelters and stuff like that. And they're saying they can't even keep dogs like in the shelters, like dogs just get adopted left and right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, even then, with just even like some of our breeders or vendors that we use, like they're consistently selling out. Yeah. So I'm just. Yep. With, I run. Good. I run this program with UC Davis, and we, every year we're supposed to get 15 dogs for the colony there. They do. I work with the students to train them, and we have four because we can't find 15 dogs for the colony oh. in shelters. Yep. <laughs> we can't find them. That's dope. That's good. Hey, yeah. Cool. So you got dogs out. <laughs> yeah. There you guys, uh, what are you guys seeing mostly right now as far as dogs or issues? A little bit of everything, honestly. We're, we're getting a lot of puppies. Um, we're marketing a lot towards puppies right now, though. We're uh, seeing a lot of, like, issues related to everyone staying at home and raising their puppies and never leaving their puppies alone. Ooh. I call it pu COVID puppy syndrome. 
Uh, these puppies are like, don't know how to deal with stress. They're not, they don't know how to be left alone. They haven't had a lot of people coming in and out of their house. And so like the very beginnings of separation anxiety and that sort of stuff. Good. You guys see yep. the same stuff, Oscar? No, I, 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 I tend to, uh, I mean, we get a lot of like dog reactivity and that stuff, but I usually don't take a lot of that. So I, I, I'm like, uh, I'm like them. I get a lot of puppies as well. Young dogs. We're seeing essentially the whole gamut of everything. A lot more personal protection, though. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. We got tons. I now have a completely torn left shoulder, so I'm like, great. This is this. Is, <laughs> this yeah. Is super fun. I. Yeah, I tore my shoulder, my left shoulder too, uh, a few yeah. months ago. Uh, first, Last year. Actually, it was over a year ago. The first time catching dogs, and then. Uh, the second time I was doing jujitsu, but uh, yeah, I've been rehabbing it, but uh, I know all about that. <laughs> Good. I, so I originally tore this, I left shoulder four years ago. I got to ask Erin, she's the one that remembers everything. See, when people are learning to watch this, I'm going to tell Roman because Roman's in the background here. See, I told you, Oscar and his freaking internet. No matter where <laughs> he's at, it's always bad. So we'll save this for the, high, <laughs> the highlights. Um, <laughs> But I tore my shoulder in, I did the reverse. I tore it in jujitsu and then I ripped it after working a dog named Dozer. And then again, I just keep tearing it just through rolling with dogs. Cause now I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, oh, now we're just off here somewhere. <laughs> Getting old, that's the problem. Man, 36 years old, I'm like, geez, like I'm oh, supposed to be like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a little bit like, should be later, right? Like, <laughs> No, I think 30, uh, th mid thirties is where everything starts hurting a little more. You are uh, like 30s, it's downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the same age as you. 19, are you 84? 84, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good year. So, now, <laughs> right? The year of the damaged. Um, so, there's a uh, during like this whole entire thing when we we're talking, um, I'd like to introduce like how we talked about how we actually even met. So, I met you guys through that Hot Wings challenge. Um, where I met you know, when I first like actually met you guys and I had the funny one of like the funniest memories I think like when we were sitting at the table and like because I, I like to observe like when I'm talking I was like I forgot what happened but like I think I took like the hot sauce thing and then like Amy Lister was like it's not that one got you right I was like oh, fuck. I just took chugging milk and I'm vegan so like I'm like that's like no, no go I look over at Tim, <laughs> Tim's face is just like this I'm like he's over there I'm like oh man I was like so that's that hot wings challenge was was brutal, especially when that was, that was the last one in. I was like, we were good, and and then you went for that one. <laughs> the the second to the last one that was supposed to be like the ultimate hot one. I was like, oh, that's nothing. I'm I've got easy, yep. and then that very last one. Oh, and it just kept hurting and hurting and hurting. I'm all, I'm always I'm always impressed when a uh, hot sauce can cause like hallucinations. <laughs> It's not I, impressive to me. <laughs> I, I tried that. I tried that hot one, and it didn't get me until like two minutes in, and then I just started to like feel lightheaded and dizzy. And I started seeing things, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like a hallucinogenic." <laughs> I'm telling you, it was, it was everything was fine up until the. Oh, there he goes. Oh, hey! What up, what nice up, what to up. join us. Man, hey, T-Mobile is the shittiest phone company ever. Who I'm going has T-Mobile? I know. I'm going to Verizon. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. There's going to be a clip that's going to be sent to you, Oscar, once you Oscar. went off. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, are you gonna drive straight to Verizon right now and do, and do the do the rest of the podcast in the store? All right. And now he's a robot. Uh, I'm stepping in the pool for a second because it's so hot. It is. Uh, for those who are watching this later uh, or now, right now, that aren't in California. It is, uh, we're going through our heat wave season here. So I know like Amy and Tim, they're up north, but I know it's over hundred degrees over here. It's supposed to be like 106, we're mid. And then Oscar's all the way down south where I'm sure it's yep. hell hot. Like, <laughs> oh, so <clears throat> let's go, let's get into the dog training stuff. So I know you guys all participate in IGP. I right? just yep. train for it. I don't participate in it. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, so, <laughs> well, cut it. she's like, I just trained for it. I'm pretty sure they're part of like the IGP world team, or they are the world team. <laughs> I know Oscar is in, in, in that or around that too. So don't let them downplay it, folks, on this one. Uh, these guys are high level sport competitors. Um, and are you, are you on the decoy side too, Tim? Yeah. No, I do helper work. It's too. called a helper if it's in IGP. Yeah, we don't call it decoys. <laughs> decoys. It's a helper. Mike. We help the dogs. We help, we help the dogs. I can conjuring and frenching, so it, I had to learn to call it a helper instead of although, a decoy. Although, like, admittedly, helper is kind of like a very dumb name. Like, why? That's <laughs> like, this, why would you call it a helper? I guess well, the I, reason I why. I started in Schuston. Did yeah. you? I started Schuston uh, 16 years ago. Oh, under Terry and uh, our under Terry Macias. And yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So he taught me a bunch of stuff about that stuff. So I'm I I now I'm so far into decoy. I don't even say the correct terminology. <laughs> <laughs> so give it a rundown, guys. So uh, Amy, Tim, let's start with you guys. Let's start about you know the dog sport. What's going on with IGP and all, everything that you guys are doing? And because uh, Tim, you said you are on the helper side too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right now, personally, um, my competition dog, Kai, she's about six years old. Um, my last competition I did with her was uh, last September, uh, the FCI Worlds. So there's there's several different world championships for IGP. Um, the FCI Worlds is all the all-breed world. So all breeds are included um, in it. There's also the German Shepherd Worlds, the Malinois Worlds. Um, and I was a little bummed because the, the Malinois worlds, which, which I qualified for, um, this year were canceled because of the COVID thing. And, um, so that was supposed to happen in August, um, in France. Um, but, uh, that's going to get put on hold. So the next competition is, um, in December and that's the Mali Nationals. Um, still deciding if I want to do that or not. We just, uh, Kai just... We bred her, and unfortunately, like at day 30, we found out she had a pyometra, and had to, and her uterus ruptured, and I had to Damn. like rush her to emergency. So yeah. it was. We're still like kind of reeling from that hole. That's where his next competition dog was gonna come from. Oh, that was the one. Oh shoot. Yeah. yeah. So we we bred her to Amy's dog Hudson, um, who's just a super cool dog, um, super nice bite work and super nice energy and drive and obedience. And um, yeah, so 
we were looking forward to that. But um, yeah, still looking for a, a new young dog to start raising up in the sport. And uh, yeah, I'm about to hand him over my dog. <laughs> yeah, she's. I'm. I don't really like to compete. I like to get him all the way up to the point of competing, and then here you take it. That's what I've done Trial. with my last few. <laughs> somebody else do the trialing. I talked to uh, and then. Are you sorry? Are you on a are you are you a trial a helper too, Tim? Um, I have done trial helper work. Okay. Trial helper work isn't as interesting for me. I enjoy the training aspect of it more. Like trial helper work is pretty much, especially for for IGP, it's very patterned. So you don't really you don't really have to know how to to read a dog to be a good uh, trial helper necessarily. Um, so for me, it's just. Um, I'll, I will do it if I'm asked to do it, but I don't like actively seek out trials. Um, I've done them before. Um, the highest level I've done is like regional championships, um, trial helper work. Um, so yeah, I've done, I've done a handful of trials. I have worked by a few dogs, um, club level and regionals. Um, but yeah, I, definitely the the, tri the training aspect is more interesting yeah. for me. Well, Oscar, you do both, right? You're you're on the helper and on the uh, handler side, right? What, what was that? Say said, again? Uh, with IGP, you're on the helper and the handler side, right? You, uh, you know what? I haven't I haven't done a I haven't done a trial as far as helper goes in in a couple of years. Uh, I did I did a regional a couple of years ago, and that was about it. And then um, as far as uh, competing, I just you know, I, I have my five-year-old dog, so hopefully I'll be at nationals with uh, with Tim this year. Hopefully we can do some damage over there. We'll see how it goes. Nice. What do you uh? So now that we're on the the subject of IGP, what do you guys like most about that the sport itself? Um, I go ahead, Oscar. I mean, I I like the how you know how precise the obedience has to be, the attitude of the dog. Um, you know, all that matters coming from like, you know, uh, sport like Frenching or, you know, that type of stuff it, where they don't really look at that. I, that's that's what I like the most about the sport. And as far as the protection side of it, oh. I like, you know, that you work on in different tribes. I think we got you, you back. Yep. You hear me now? You're very pixelated. Yep. So just, you know, that you could work the dogs. My bad. It's T-Mobile. Fuck T-Mobile. Um, it, it's just uh, so yeah, just that you work them in different drives, and you know you got to pay attention to detail. Uh, that's what I like about it. But as far as like uh, you know decoy work and all that, I really enjoy, like protection slide. I really enjoy uh, Frenching when it comes to you know sports or whatever. That's just that's just me. Your preference on it. I I personally love. Did you say wait a second? I personally love that it it's the only sport that takes into consideration the emotion of the dog. And that is a really, I, I came from sort of like French ring, Mondia ring. That's what I had learned in. And I didn't really care for, for IGP or IPO or whatever it was called at the time because I didn't really understand that side of things. And now that I understand that, it's really fascinating. I love working with, like working a dog in a certain emotional state and um that is i think the most challenging part about igp it's not just about 
training a behavior. It's about training it in the right state of mind of the dog, state which is a big deal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a sort of a subjective sport in a lot of ways, which like there's pros and cons to that because um, the judge is looking for certain things in obedience and protection and tracking. Like it's not enough if the dog just completes the exercise technically correctly. Um, like the judges are looking for the attitude of the dog, the relationship the dog has with the handler, the the you know the emotional state that the dog's working in, um, and, and the healing and every exercise they're looking at that. Um, and you know some judges are better at reading dogs than others. So like sometimes you'll go to trials and you'll look at what looks like a perfect routine, and the judge won't score it well and. And I'll, uh, a lot of times it's because the judge is interpreting it in a certain way. Um, there's definitely certain judges I respect, you know, more than others, you know, with that, because some judges will, like, for example, at World last year, um, I saw some really nice obedience routines um, that didn't get scored very well. And I just kind of was like, what, why, you know? So, um, but overall, I the thing that I like about IGP is the... Um, emphasis on emotion in all phases especially obedience like the dog when it goes when it's out healing with the handler they want to see the dog powerful happy um it's not enough if the dog just looking at them and walking next to them so I but love i agree with oscar frenching uh protection is like a thing of beauty to watch like a skilled decoy work in french ring is just like yeah I, I definitely think that French ring protection is uh, a lot more challenging than uh, in a lot of ways, for sure. Um, you know, and like there's there's things about Justin that are more challenging than French ring, and then there's things about French ring that are more challenging. Yeah. Just, it really, I think yeah. that uh, at, a, at the club level, I think Justin is, is much easier. Um, but at like the world level, I think it's pretty compatible it's probably harder compatible. more difficult at the world level because there's just so many people and when you've got yeah. that many people at that high level like you're talking you know half a point that's going to be make the difference between yeah. world champion and fifth place or whatever so that's another thing that really brought me to igp that you're not just competing against 10 dogs <laughs> He's trying to talk oh, shit. He can't talk shit. All right, robot Oscar. What were you saying, sir? No, you, you compete against thirty dogs in one regional instead of like in French ring with and on a national. You could be competing against you know ten dogs or something. So it's just a, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah I like that. The cool thing about ring sports, and I talked to this about um, another our friend or friend of mine. Uh, you guys know who Jake Scott is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was talking to him because <clears throat> the only sport like I've ever done anything like that has been like just and that's what was being as a helper side, but I mainly was a training helper. So like I was talking to him and just breaking down just all the other stuff besides like the piece they were doing now, and he was telling me he's like, dude, he's like the cool thing about the ring sports is that you can watch it as a spectator knowing the. The, like the scorecard and you can pretty much score it on point um whereas like a lot of the other sports like you can't do that with so yeah but absolutely. i don't 
and that was one of the things that I, I thought that was really cool. I was like, okay, it's like they're actually watching like a sport per se, like basketball, football, things of that nature. Where point, like you know, points are scored here and there. Are you one of the people that doesn't think like gymnastics and cheerleading is a sport? No, I believe that is. I, have you watched that show on Netflix, Cheer or something like that? Those I have not. Put in work. It's, <laughs> they're they're crazy. Those are some like those girls and guys are fucking badass. But the oh, gymnast, they're monsters. Yeah. The amount of strength that goes into that is mind blowing. The sport that I've enjoyed watching a lot lately is um what is it called? Ice dancing? Like ice skating? <laughs> oh yeah. Like those people are crazy. Like the couples <laughs> skating. Oh, I can't lie. That's definitely something like I'm like, damn, what the fuck you're spinning around with like that? They're spinning each other around like that with the skates on and oh like you're on ice and there's knives <laughs> on your feet, like that stuff looks a little crazy to me. <laughs> and if you fall, you're gonna get your like fingers sliced off by the skates. Yep. <laughs> like smashed in the face by ice. Like I was like, Jesus Christ. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> random, random sport thing. But no, I, I respect like all, all the sports. It's just it was cool to hear his insight into that because I when I was doing a uh, helper work at the Schutzen Club, I was at. I was just the uh, the new apprentice, so I had to do all of the track lane at 6 a.m. in the morning. So I was not um, necessarily very happy about that. And it's left a bad taste in my mouth uh, for <laughs> for years later. Um, but I always thought it was cool just the difference in the sport, uh, in sports in general. And, you know, that's a, a lot of what formed, you know, the style in which, like, we train decoin. You know, we train a lot of center mass stuff and a lot of just grip and hold. Um, but nothing so much sleeve. We base it off the sleeve and then we go into the suits. But I thought it was always really cool. Just, oh. like, just the differences in sports. Are we sports. frozen? Is it who's frozen now? Is yeah. Oscar frozen yeah. or is he just being You quiet? were for a second. No, I, hell not. I can hear everything. He's, he's, got a, he's got that cello lean, so he's got to stay in the corner there. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring my dog out to you, Mike. He, that dog bites like a motherfucker on a suit. Oh. Nice. It's, it's, it's kind of sad that I'm doing IGP with him because he's definitely more a suit dog. He doesn't have yeah. any technique down. I haven't taught it since. I, I did his foundation up until a year old on suit work, but uh, he bites. Like, I can't wear the suit anymore because it hurts too bad. He can't you, wear the suit. You decoy me too? Yeah, I just, like, I do puppy foundation stuff uh, and, like, development up to about a year old. Good. I'll say, we're about to bring you down here because uh, I need, lot, I need, I need a female decoy out here. I, I stopped doing it right about the time where you would probably need me to do it because I, I, I don't like to fit. Like I've been fit a lot for real in my yeah. career as a dog trainer, and it is no longer fun or cool for me to get fit anymore. <laughs> so that that's a good segue to like the one of the questions that we get all the time is that you know, the protection training and dealing with pet dogs and like the vast differences in between. And, you know, even when you deal with like, I don't even say like pet dogs, but even like reactivity cases or dogs with actual aggression uh, and all those things happen. You guys, you guys, all three of you guys deal with that on a daily uh, basis. Like how do you, or do you feel like the, the working dog side helps you guys on the pet side or vice versa? Uh, what, are your, what are your guys' thoughts and opinions on that? I mean, it makes sense that it would help. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you know how to create aggression and create reactivity and use reactivity, then yeah. I, I personally don't think 
anybody has any business doing behavior work with aggression, if you haven't at least trained in one, you don't have to have competed in the bite sports, but spent a couple of years in the bite sports, understanding aggression from that side of things. I just don't understand how you can work with it if you don't really have that side of the understanding of things. So I absolutely think it helps. Yeah, no, I agree with Tim. If you can create aggression, you know, and create, you know, a dog wanting to bite, then you should be able to stop them as well. I think the the fun part because I started in when I started in rest before I went into the Shoshin Club was like I learned more about channeling drives and I thought that was like really cool like seeing how many reactive cases we got uh, and what a dog will do won't do especially when you start channeling drives going defense prey defense prey and all that other stuff and really getting into a dog's like you know grill per se like you know you start to see kind of the true colors of a dog and you start to notice like different things but I mean like that was I I, I feel like my my pet side before I went to bite or you know any bite sports uh, definitely helped me get into motivated behaviors, but also learning how to work with real aggression and reactivity cases when I was in, when I was actually in bite work uh, helped me actually like help solve a lot of behaviors. Just because yeah. you start to see the drive channel and you start to see like you know okay like what really get in the dog's head and see what was going on from there. Yep, absolutely. One of the things I always have our. Uh... German Shepherd clients do is I have them come out and watch the beginning like a young dog being worked on a harness and I say see what they're doing out there it's exactly what you're doing except for instead of it being a rag it's another dog that you're letting your dog fixate on and build off of so I, I it's one of the, the first things and it clicks for people when you show it to them like that I'm like you're just you're doing what we're doing you're just doing it unintentionally and with the like yeah. creating obsession for other dogs rather than you know, a toy or something. Yeah, yeah. You actually won't be trying to out the dog with a thumb up his ass. Oh, where, where did you learn that, Oscar? Where, where did you learn that from? Uh, was it? I, YouTube. I thought that was uh. your boy. <laughs> nah, that, that's, the, that's definitely not my boy, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. it wouldn't be an episode of Drinks and Dogs if there wasn't some random, like, dog inside dog Lama. bullshit <laughs> all right so um oscar you do french so you do ring uh, i know amy said you competed in ring did do you do ring at all tim um i used to, I used to, uh, oh, ahead, i've never i didn't compete in ring i just played in it okay I've been, a, I've been around ring trainers and I, I, I've watched it. I've done a little bit of suit work and, um, but not much, honestly. No. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something I'd love to learn more about. I just don't have the time lately to uh, really get into it. And I'm the kind of, my personality is if I do something, I want to be really good at it. And it's, uh, like French ring. There's so many intricacies like to it. And it just seems like, you know, it's taken me 10 years to get to the point where I am now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's it, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Oscar, uh, with ring, ring sports? So you, you'd yeah, only I compete mean, in FR, uh, French ring or Mondio too? Uh, no, I, I, done, I did a lot of decoy work in French ring and then uh, in competition, and then I did a couple of Mondio ring nationals. I did two uh, Mondio ring nationals in, uh, in deep, as far as decoy work goes. Uh, so that's that, that's my side of it, basically. I only I competed with uh, I didn't even compete. I just 
trial, the Connie Corso, I got his Vervey, like French ring Vervey and his Mondial ring one. And then that was about it. And then I got into uh, IGP, Shutson. Nice, nice. What, uh, so the, for those who, you guys, for example, what do you guys like about the ring sports? Man, I like um, the, go ahead. I, I like the technique side of it as far as the bite work stuff goes. The obedience side, I'm not like, you know, I'm not too crazy about, but the bite work side, like, you know, you got to teach your dog how to, you know, take what's not there. Basically, teach them techniques. I really relate it to like MMA and all that. Where you got to, the dog's got to figure out how to fight the decoy and you got to teach them that. The object guard exercise to me is just I I love that exercise. I love uh, when it's done right and the dog is actually thinking like it, it's understanding the concept of I'm guarding this thing from somebody and I think that's just incredible just from a behavioral standpoint. I like that on the object guard how they they understand the measurements going out from the object to come back to it. Like that was for me that was always really fascinating when i first started like learning about it but man i was like that shit's crazy so yeah like, uh, i think like the the biggest well so andy kruger who's a instructor on pcu online he does like some french ring stuff on here uh and you know good, <laughs> a good friend of mine and we talk a lot about some of like the work that we do and you know for us like you know it's, it's a game of outs you know french ring it's a game of outs you have you know whatever 15 seconds boom and then you're done and like, whereas I do like the exact opposite thing, like I want the dogs continuously crushed. I don't want them hanging on, I don't want them digging and hurting. Uh, and like, we talk about that consistently. So it's always just like something that's like really fun and interesting for me to like learn about, you know, with the different sports. I think that's, you know, it's super cool, especially the amount of, you know, I mean, the, the length of the sessions and like ring sports or just sports in general are pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always really fascinating. Uh, so let's, before we get to the questions, I have a question that someone's been asking me this consistently and I thought it was perfect. I was going to wait it for you guys to be on because you guys are the pros at this. Do you go IGP before PSA or PSA before IGP? What do you mean? And sport wise, like, do you go IGP first and then go PSA or do you go in PSA like and if IGP? What is preferred? You broke well. a baby. I can hear you. So, like, you mean if you're going to compete in both, or which one is better? Is that what you're asking? Oh, no, no. Like, if you're going to compete. Oh. I mean, I don't, I have a lot of respect for people who can compete in multiple sports. And I think that um, competing at a. I would think that IGP first. I mean. And then PSA. I think if you, I think you would have to do a foundation on both. Uh. And then IGP, and then go to PSA is what I would think. I mean, I, I think the I think the behaviors and the concepts are very similar as far as like, you know, like we train that you know when we're healing with a dog, there's going to be some type of agitation from the decoy, and he's got to focus on us. So like, I think all the components in a good training program should all be there. So that's just that's just my opinion on it. Um, well, I think you know, I think. Tim could easily step into the PSA field and, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, with, I don't know. With not so much training in the lower levels. Well, yeah, so I see, I see a lot of people that switch over to IGP that have done a lot of um, maybe uh, like two sports like French Ring or Mondio or even PSA and 
a lot of times the dogs have a, a hard time learning the guard, like guarding, uh, barking. To work in aggression because um, they're working so much in, in right. like prey in the suit sports that you need them to uh, for a lot of that suit sport. Cause you don't, like if you're, especially if you're teaching a dog like fighting here, if they're working in aggression, like long term, that's going to be really stressful on the dog and unsafe for the, the decoy. Um, so the dogs that start in suit work have a harder time uh, working in aggression, I think. Well, I think I think what I've observed a lot of the suit sports is there's an emphasis on, on bite drive, on prey and, and bite drive. But there's, you know, at least from what I've seen, not working the dog a lot of times in um, reactivity or uh, aggression or a lot of the aggression work is fighting, fighting and aggression so what i've noticed is a lot of dogs that try to switch over to igp when i when i try to get barking out of them they're they're really locked up at first they haven't learned to like express their emotions through through barking um like a lot of really really good helpers and in, in igp actually just start the dog out just barking there's no biting like it's basically you bring your puppy out or your your young dog out the helper, uh, just like the boogeyman exercise. So he hides at a distance or he comes out, the dog barks, helper runs away or yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the early work for Shutdown, a lot of a lot of helpers do that. Um, or just like teaching the dog how to get a reaction from the helper using barking. And, and I think with a lot of the suit sports, it's just, it's right off. It's just biting, 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 biting. So the dogs don't really know how to to bark a lot of the time. So I think start honestly starting starting with IDP would make more sense because it's it's for most dogs I think easier to teach them to be quiet than it is to unlock like a powerful dominant bark. But I think it depends on the dog too. So dogs that are really, really, really high in prey, like you definitely want to start barking early on with them, I think. Even if it's just barking in frustration. Um, but something. Um, you know, but then it's it's hard. It's a hard question to answer though, because I've seen dogs that you do too much barking with, and then they have a hard time, you know, capping. Uh, yeah. Like uh, it's possible. You know, I have a, a client, a club member of ours named Heather Ross, super good trainer, really really talented, really nice Dutch Shepherd. Like you really like him. Both of you guys really like him. Uh, super nice fighting on the suit, but she did IGP foundation with them up to, I think, like four years old. Didn't do any suit work. Um, and then she switched over to ring and it was like really easy for the dog. And uh, she's competed at like national level and nice. done she's a few yeah. nationals. She at AWDF last year, it was heartbreaking for the whole stadium because she was right. She almost had it and he didn't like out on the last out. Oh. He was he got angry and didn't want to let go. And it was like, I think the whole stadium just like, oh, because it's such a beautiful routine. But anyway, yeah, she did well in I'll ring. So, me from experience, like I, so I started Guapo in ring. It's up to a year old. Then I went to Shutson. And then what ended up happening was, you know, in, in Shutson, and it was my training, obviously, too. I didn't really uh, cap them too much. So everything was like, go, 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 go. And then when I tried to go to ring, it was like I didn't have enough dog to finish a whole 45 minute routine because he just like gassed out. He couldn't breathe yeah. anymore. So, yeah. so that, that's another thing you got to think about when like I, I peel, you know, you want the attitude always looking and in ring. You want a dog that's just kind of walking normal. 
unless you're going to ask them to heal. Uh, so, you know, you got to be very, you know, smart about how you approach your training. Like right now with my new dog, I'm definitely going to make sure that I work on those things. It's not always go, 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 go. Like it was with Wabo. What do you think about uh, the transfer uh, transfer to PSA though? I mean, I think it's, it's all, you know, it's all, relative i think obedience at the same time are they like i can't remember they do obedience separately don't they i think it's all in one it's well it's it's fucked up i have a psa club but it's all it's all in (laughs) one thing (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what happens i don't i fucking i have a we have primal psa and we do uh my guys are both certified i train them a bunch but like for me like i'm all like all my foundation is like obedience wise, like we start like with like shits and stuff, but like I, when it comes to bite and like obedience, when it comes to like bite work, like it's all about them just ruining a decoy's life. So even like when I do like a shits and catch, like it's here and then I move out. So like the stick comes around, so they swing around, right? So they drop behind the decoy's back and eventually my, my goal is for them to drop the decoy. So it's the same thing as this. So it's like the same motion. It's just here to here for here to here. So like I teach a lot of like the decoy work, but um, you know when it comes to the obedience and the routines, uh, the routines I don't really necessarily pay attention to that much. I'm just like, all right. I, I, and well, I highly recommend like if you're starting in a in a with your dog, unless you've done it a bunch of times, like I say, focus on one thing, like get that done. Because you know when when I started, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be doing this, 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 and then you got 10 years in the game, 11 years, and you haven't done shit, you know. So. Like, I, I think it's very smart to just focus on one thing, get that done, yep. uh, you know, get good at that. And then whatever you have more support, if you have a PSA club that really backs you up and, and you feel really good with, do that. If you have an IGP person that's really going to help you get to the next level, do that. Um, I just find it kind of like, you know, a lot of new people are like, no, I want to do this and this. But you're going to learn very fast that it's not that easy, especially if you want to compete at a higher level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that's a big Determining factors like what level you want to compete at. Like if you just want to pass a club trial, like you know, you don't have to. It's not as big of a deal what sport you start in. But I think just good, clear training, like like good foundation is a good foundation. So you can teach the dog all these different skills and just be clear with them. Like for example, with with Heather's dog, when she switched over to ring, what we were starting to do is like because there's no except I think in the blind search in, in ring, there's a holding bark, but there's really no barking in ring. So we were just teaching the dog like if the decoy is wearing a suit, don't bark, right? Just don't bark if you the suit on. If the helper's a sleeve on, then you can think about barking and like expressing yourself with barking. But um, that's one thing we were teaching. So I think you can teach the dog different pictures and, and use different cues and it, you know, like I think you can, I mean, I mean cool thing yeah. that like, you know, you guys are all saying, it's like, you know, it all starts with that foundation training, right? Like it's all about just having good obedience, have good, clear communication, good engagement. You know, you can excel in certain things, you know, invoke different emotions and different, you know, expressions from your dog as you go depending on what sport you're doing. Um, and, you know, there's I mean, obviously there's different exercises and stuff you have to do per sport. Um, but I mean, for the most part, it's just that good foundation and be able to transition through uh, things differently. You know, the, on the opposite side, like, you know, when it comes to like the decoy stuff, like for us, you know, over at Primal, like, all we do, I do all hybrid stuff. So everything is essentially getting the dog ready for whatever they can, they can, like whatever they're going to encounter. 
Um, the only reason why I would only go IGP before PSA first is because I teach a fend off with the IGP sleeve. So uh, the dog will eventually nail a, a helper or for doing that if I go the other way. So I, I look out for my fellow decoys yeah. and helpers and make sure they don't get blown apart by these dogs that we're training to bite really hard. So <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would be the only thing. But like that's like, for me, like I appreciate all the sports and essentially that, but I think what you said, Tim, exactly. It's all about like, you know, the foundation of what you do. And if you do good training, you should be able to switch wherever you need to go. Um, I think it's just always independent on where you're training to, because we all have, you know, we're all dog trainers, but we all train dogs differently. You know, and like that's you know very important uh, as well for people to understand. And like you know, what Oscar, you know, under, stick to one. You know, you follow one thing through, or if you know, like what Tim says, if you want to compete at the highest level, then you got to stay there, flip flopping, and being the the jack of all trades doesn't necessarily make you a world champion, as you guys all know. So definitely gives you. you it, I mean, it's it's kind of nice because it gives you. Uh, just as a trainer, like somebody that's interested in training rather than somebody that's somebody that's interested in competing, you do get to see a lot of different things. Like I've I've trained in all four sports at some point or another. And so I have an understanding of all of them, which I, I kind of appreciate. I, I'm not a competitor. I don't like competing. It's not my thing. Um, I love training and I love like understanding training so but if you want to be a competitor i think you just have to stick with one to start and like stick with it absolutely and i've noticed like after you know training in the sport i've noticed there are certain people that are really good at handling and trials there are certain people that are really good trainers but maybe not necessarily great at handling and trials and it doesn't mean like they're better or worse it's just like, like there's different different types of trainers out there different specialties and um like preparing for a trial knowing all the rules knowing where all the points are like that's an art in itself oh, yeah. um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then knowing like knowing where to invest your time in you know like okay this exercise is only five points so i'm not going to spend a lot of time working on this this exercise is 40 points like that's important um and that's something that when i first started out in dog training that wasn't as interesting to me like what was more interesting to me was like learning how to read a dog learning how to teach behaviors like that was really interesting and then as i got more into competitions that other stuff i realized okay this is really important i have to learn this stuff too um at a trial how to prepare for a trial there's a there's a competitor in our sport his name's Mike Deal. He's like a master, like he's just a super great trial handler. He's just always does consistently also well. Also a really good police dog trainer. And a super good police dog trainer. And, you know, like he's somebody you can learn a lot from with learning. Are there children in the back of your car? Yep. I got my kids with me. <laughs> They're about I love to have it. some drinks too. They're gonna have drinks too right now. We just got home. I'm not gonna. I love it, Oscar. I'm gonna, Oscar, I'm gonna say that's very Hispanic of you. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Allison, say hi to everybody. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> Give me one second. I'm gonna go put them in real quick. Oh, no. Very Hispanic of you again. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> Bye. That's awesome. Do you compete, Mike? I, I Do you compete at all or no? No. Um, so the goal was to go into PSA and start doing, get back in. Because before that, I just did uh, Schutzen. I was a helper there. But 
the goal was to go back into PSA, but with the business stuff, it's just too hard. Like I'm it's impossible. And like, for me, like I want, if I'm going to go out, like I want to show like, okay, cool. We're going to be a hundred percent. I don't like half ass competing. So like, I want to, if I'm going to go in, like it's got to be there. And we just don't have, like, I just don't have the time. Although I'd really, really love to, um, especially like in like, cause we kind of already have done the basis of like a lot of our dog training just through what we didn't know was PSA. It was essentially, it's like, we were just developing a dog to be neutral, light up on command, deal with environmental pressure, want to dig in and bite and all that other stuff. So it was, it was a goal, but, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon here. Like these are businesses that are so like involved. You just, it takes up so much of your day to day life. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like right now I couldn't have trained my Kai, my current competition dog as much as I was six years ago. Like I just had way more time. I wasn't as busy. So yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like that's why I wanted to we'll transition into this one here. But I was like, even you guys being competitors, even like Oscar being a competitor, you know, with the business that you guys run, because we all run businesses. How that's one thing I was gonna ask you guys. I was like, how the how the fuck do you guys find time to compete in that stuff? Because that's it's crazy to me that like when I see because some or people someone asked me that in a question a Q and A. I was like, it was like I have no clue how other dog trainers who have dog training businesses actually compete at the levels that they do. And someone asked me the question about like, you know, for example, like you guys and everything, um, you guys and everything, I was like, I, I glitched out, uh, you guys and everything else I do is like, I have no clue how these guys compete at that level or with running a business. I was like, I mean, they're monsters. <laughs> they, 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 I had, I had the luxury of having already laid all the foundation with Kai. Um, so right now it's pretty much. I'm a slave driver. So once he met me, <laughs> now we have little. Don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> you should see where uh, basically my my wife, my girlfriend here. She's literally laying on the floor, uh, asleep on a on a on a pillow because of uh, how how hard we push <laughs> so much. Um, Aaron would kill me if I flipped it around or I flipped it around because I don't really want to get in trouble later. We talked about yeah, that earlier. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah it's, so, I don't know how Oscar has a family. Like, it's just I, like the business takes up so much time, yeah. and even like having employees. And we have some really fucking awesome employees that I can trust. We still just there's just never enough time in the day. You know, there's day, lots of yeah. days that we're working from seven in the morning until I don't know ten thirty at night when we're falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just I had a I had a full time job and I was running elevated. Um, you know, I started in 2016. So a couple years in, I got Christian. He was able to help me out. And when I was trying to compete, I remember because I would go to work at I would have to wake up at 3:30 in the morning, go to work, you know, come back at 3 p.m. And then I would track at 4 p.m., 5 p.m. And then I get back and work. And luckily, I had somebody that could help me with my boarding trains. But I, I wasn't running a huge operation, so that's really what helped me out. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't see how you could really like all these old timers that are competing, you know, at a high level is because they're already retired. Um, you know, except Tim, he's, you know, he's a talented guy. He doesn't have to train so much. So he's got a really awesome wife that, uh, takes care of stuff. <laughs> that, that's that, good. Maybe that. But also, no, um, maybe he's like, no, but yeah. that's true. No. <laughs> but at this stage, like with my dog, it's pretty much like maintenance. So it's not, 
I'm not training her as much as I was, you know, six, five years ago um, yeah. before she thing. So I couldn't have done that now because I'm way more busy now than I was, you know, when I was 20, you know. I've got a three-year-old dog that I need to compete with. He's ready. I just haven't had the time this last three months to really push what I need to push right before trial. So it's like, ugh. I'm going to have to, we're taking September and October off. We're taking like a quarter of the dogs that we normally take so that we can have some time to, I can have time to do that, finish some projects around the property and then we'll see. So Tim's <laughs> trialing in October. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing something similar. That, Oscar. <laughs> what happened? So uh, you missed out on the first part, but Amy's like, I'm a slave driver and do this stuff. And then also she's dropped it. They're going to take a couple months off. So apparently Tim's trialing. Yeah. In I might be. I'm Oh. Either that or him, my dog to trial my dog. See, that's what I was, gonna, that's what I was getting to. <laughs> I'll, I'll be up there with them training. <laughs> you better come up here. Heck yeah. Yeah, Oscar, you got to come out here. And, uh, well, I'm on the way, so you can stop by Gilroy. Or just Are pick you? me up, especially you got AC in the whole van. I can just sleep in the back. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. Let's do it. So uh, you said Nationals in, was in December, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. In... Uh, Maine, or I don't know. I guess we got to find that out. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it's in Maine, not California. Yeah, California yeah. <laughs> shit. Never. We're ne we're not allowed to do anything. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's either Maine or Washington. So hopefully that that helps. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. Let's so I think. Ready. I mean, the cool thing I think about like just being RC trainers at your guys's level is that. And, you know, this is one thing or I think I talk to a lot, a lot of our clients about is that, you know, people like, you know, your guys themselves aren't like they're not you're not normal people in the sense of where you can get a, a dog and train it for trialing and, you know, go and do that. Like you guys could probably um, and just from what I've seen from you guys and talking to you guys and everything like that, I mean, you could walk out and trial and place on a field pretty easily. Um, I would just, I mean, just from what like, I know from like what your guys' work is. So the level of dedication that you guys are talking about is something different than what most people even comprehend um because you know the dedication you guys have to do to trial dogs at the highest level is super high you know it's the same thing i talk to people about like you know uh, i don't know if you guys train in jiu-jitsu i know timmy said jiu-jitsu but like you know when you train every single day like you can train you train every day that you can literally walk on a mat and you know working and walk in a tournament and you can place but in order to win it's a different level of commitment but even at the level that you guys are at, I mean, shit. I mean, that's like, uh, that's like, I would say that's like Hoist Gracie walking on a a, a mat and being like trying to roll yeah, on nah, that, that and, ultimate and, level. And, I mean, like, it's the same thing. And, uh, Tim's definitely on a different level, bro. So, like, I yeah, went to AWDF sure. uh, championship and I was like, I got like eighth place or something. And I was like, man, I'm doing pretty good. And then I see Tim get on the field <laughs> and Frank Phillips and I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. Never mind. Yeah. I ain't getting shit. So uh, that's kind of how it went down. <laughs> for sure, it's 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 a different ball game when you're you're at the world level, and Tim has has been there <laughs> multiple times. I yep. mean, not even. Yeah. yeah, it's just something. Yeah, it's just something I got obsessed about. He's obsessed. Um, I I actually think that he's on the spectrum. Can I say that? And say that. Well, you just said it. <laughs> well, so you guys watching that show? You guys watching that show on Netflix? <laughs> oh, dude, fuck that show, dude. That shit, I, 
that gives me anxiety, dog. That, spectrum, <laughs> that, that level on the spectrum thing, that shit gives me anxiety. I can't why. Oh, I'm not good with, with like. <laughs> I'm not good with like. Hey, that shit was. That shit was funny. Bro, like I, I can't like. Like, oh, like Ben Stewart gives me anxiety. I can't deal with uncomfortable situations. I'm that the shit, same yeah. way. I can't watch uncomfortable movies or I'm things. I'm just like fucking but... like, oh god, give me away. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't I do it. Like. Way. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty what? convinced Tim is on there. <laughs> no, what, that, watching that was relieving. I was like, oh sweet, there's there's other weirdos out there. He's not as <laughs> not as he's not as, but <laughs> for Wait, sure. Wait, are you the guy that wants to make the princess as happy as possible? Like this is my princess. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he uh we, yeah. <laughs> we, we watched another documentary on Netflix. It was about a Rubik's Cube, like speed Rubik's Cube. Oh, my God. Uh, competition. Did you watch that? I was, was going to watch that. Watched shit. that was my shit tonight. Like, not, not even fucking with you. Like, yeah. that was going to be the thing I was going to watch tonight. I was like, I need to watch this thing. It is. <laughs> oh, my God. Cats? Right. We're going to train this into uh, dogs and Netflix, and uh, we're going to just watch <laughs> shows together, everybody. Netflix and chill. Um, yeah. <laughs> Netflix and dogs, Everybody. not Netflix and chill. You're going to be around not a bunch Netflix. of uh, boring dog trainers that just talk about this stuff instead of dog stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Oh, it's funny, the fun the fun stuff happens on the show. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, but, so let's, random, let's just drop in a random uh, topic here. Favorite bite suits? Demon uh, A, just... <laughs> Demon A. Nah, that primal canine special made by uh oh bro, <laughs> who was it, bro? You don't even know what's from, dog. <laughs> no, Ray Allen, my, my the suit that we made the Ray Allen one. You brought off and Oscar's off again. <laughs> oh, he's there. He's there. You hear? I can hear you. All right. Did you? Can you guys hear him? Like it's just ahead. <laughs> there he is. I can hear him. What's your favorite suit, Mike? I I mean I'm so Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, cool. So my suit's obviously like the Ray Allen suit because I helped develop it. Um, but I mean I really like what I've seen from Kura and the RO Kane or now Roca. Mm. I like how they're taking more uh care of like the decoy inside, like you know, with the like with Kerr, like the, the leg stuff. I've seen like they have like little wedges in there. Um and then the Roka, the PSA suits. I like those. I mean the Ray Allen suit, I mean that's I I've <laughs> lived in that suit for years now, three years now, uh building those suits. So I mean like those are like my favorite suits because I like it, but it's just the feel of it. But I mean like those are the ones I've seen making more progression. But we are also redeveloping that suit too. So nice. Oscar, what was I, your I've had some uh I've had, I've had a, it depends for what. So I've had Kura Sport or whatever. I've had a couple of those. I've had uh, some Demon A's. I've had a couple ALM's and I've had a couple uh, Philippe Clement suits or something like that made in France. And um, for competition, for sure, my Philippe one was like it, oh, but it was hurt. like paper thin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, basically it's all, it's like paper thin, but you could like move really fast in them. So uh, those were, those were, that was pretty cool. Uh, then I had uh, the the crew ones are all right, um, but they you break them uh, in too fast, man. It starts fucking hurting for sure. In my in my my experience, at least, 
And then Demon A's, I mean, they're, they're good, but I feel like uh, I like my old ones for sure more than I just got a new one. I just got it a couple weeks ago, and I didn't really like the fit. Maybe it was the measurements I sent in uh, that weren't very good, but, you know. Yeah, I don't. You can't go wrong with the Demon A as well. And no, dis, no disrespect to Lee or anything like that from Demon A, but, like, I can't, like, the, the amount of work I do with the Demon A's, I just, they just burn out. Like, they just, they're gone. Yeah. I'm like, and suits, even <laughs> suits ain't cheap. So that stuff, like, you know, I can't do uh, multiple 10 minute bites and then have giant holes in my armpits or my arms in general because of it. So that's the only thing about them. But other than that, I mean, all the suits are pretty much cool. But that was, that was interesting. All right. Next random question since you guys are IGP favorite sleeves. Um, I would go with, I would go with Gap is pretty solid. Um, there's another company, Rad Dog in Czech Republic. I really like their, their stuff. Um, yeah, but Rad Dog is kind of like, a the guy who owns Rad Dog used to work for Gap and it's sort of like, he knows how oh, they, design. yeah, but that's my, I, yeah, I thought my, my Gap one was a little too heavy. Uh, Rad Dog. It was it's good. I like it, but I just got a new one from a company called uh, Viper, and yeah. uh, I really like that sleeve for sure. Uh, Christian gave so me one. Of, nice. Christian gave me <laughs> he gave me one of those sleeves with nice. uh, your. You're so cool, Oscar, with your your branded sleeves and your branded. <sighs> you know, <stuff>. so cool. <laughs> what can I, I say? One day, one day I'll be like Mike and have my own bite suit. Oh, man. <laughs> No. <laughs> do, do you like the sleeve, Tim, or no? Yeah. You can be honest. I do. No, I hate it. It's, it's, shit. it's like no, Tim's it's like it's garbage. I don't like this. No, thing. I mean it's horrible. not my sleeve. It's not like I I own the brand, but definitely, uh, you know, I liked it. Uh, so it's it's light. It feels comfortable. I just don't know how uh, durable it's gonna be. We'll see. You let me know, Tim, since you work a lot more dogs than I do. I'm buying that shit. We're gonna. Buy a bunch of them for the guys and the amount of dogs for my Tuesday because I use uh, these are the, the Gap A, the G3, and I have like a Frabro sleeve that I use. Like, that's the ones I typically build nice dogs on. Yeah, so I mean, the G, I mean, I like the G3, that's my my favorite sleeve by far, even though you know the guys that are railing are probably gonna kill me for saying that, <laughs> that one, but that's the uh, the half sleeve that I like. I mean, the, the Frabro, I like it for like the intermediate dogs when you go past the puppy sleeve. And then I go into the the Gap A, the G3, just because you can move it. Like, that's why I like that, like, quarter. I like that half sleeve so I can move it outside a little more than a full sleeve just because we don't train and, you know, the shit's in specific ways. So I need to move it outside a little bit more and have more elbow uh, movement. So that's only, I would say the G3 is my favorite on that one. Nice. All right, guys. That's something that's, something that's um, different from IGP and um, a lot of the suit sports is just an emphasis on, on targeting and teaching the dog to read the helper's movements. There's a little bit of that in IGP, but, but not a lot. And that's something that I think is really cool about like French ring, teaching the dog how to counter certain movements. And yeah. that's not something that we, we have to work on a lot because, you know, there's no escapes. That's, it's uh, like a predictable pattern, but um, you know, like because of that, like Oscar mentioned before, like Guapo, you had a hard time maintaining him through like a 45 minute routine. And that's because like, like in IGP protection, like we want the dog working at like the highest possible power level and like every single 
moment because it's a five minute it's a five minute routine so it's not like a marathon it's it's more like a sprint so we can kind of afford to like work them in that um in that high of a drive of state did I say that right? High yeah. drive. That you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim doesn't drink, and he's had a glass of wa my wine if I start, mixture. So if I start like going to start affecting him here. <laughs> if I like go off the camera for a second, I just start. Uh, yeah, oh. no, Tim does not do that. So that's a. Uh, oh, I I understand, Tim. It's all right. I don't, you should see some of the other episodes we have on here that'll be up on YouTube pretty. <laughs> Is it like drunk history? Yeah. It's, it's, it gets there after about 45 minutes. Oh, good. We're uh, right at that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're there. This is the turning point. You, you should do it where, you should do it like drunk history where you have the, you have everybody get drunk before it starts and then you just ask <laughs> Get the so truth I, out of people. I don't. I don't drink, and we'll get into some trouble for sure. Yeah. Oh God, Oscar, you don't drink. <laughs> I don't. Drink. You don't drink at all. I mean, like I, like at once a year, maybe if I go to Cancun, I'll probably get drunk. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. But how many does it take, though? Two. Uh, yeah, probably not very much. Cheap <laughs> date. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That, that and I'll smoke a bowl and that's it. I'm done. There you go. <laughs> I don't smoke either. <laughs> All right. So we you got a question. Pot, from, Mike? Uh, do I what? You smoke pot? Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, it's not a funny story how I got started uh, smoking, but I started smoking because I actually, I got I had cancer. I had stage four stomach cancer. So oh, I I was, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here right now, but uh, we're here. Uh, and that's how I ended up smoking. But beforehand... This is the actual funny story of it, is that if I did smoke before, I would turn into a giant little baby, and I can't handle my marijuana whatsoever, so I turn into an infant, and immediately I'm just like this, and like, oh, I don't know what's going on, and it just goes bad, so, like, that's, <laughs> marijuana, yeah, I, I, I do, um, especially with recovery stuff, the, uh, oh, I, I need to find this can to show you guys, especially with the decoy stuff. There's this uh, sparkling CBD drink. I think it's called Center. I'll, I'll send it in our group chat after. But that thing, my shoulder has been all messed up. And that thing completely just like for, I would say, five to six hours. I didn't feel shit. Wow. So I got to get, get a video of that. I gotta, or I'll send you guys a picture of that stuff because that stuff is pretty. I was like. I was like, that's amazing. My my buddy who has a restaurant gave me a can of the, the other day. I was like, I told my shoulder was all messed up and nothing at all. All right, let's go into some the questions from the question zone here. So I'm assuming this is based on trial work uh, or being on the field. But the question is, how do I prevent my dog from going in the zone before he gets there? Going, going, going talking about leaking. Zone. Yeah, I'm assuming they're talking about like leaking and stuff like that before they get like, to it. Pre-trial routine. I think that, that you know that's one of the things that I have learned the most just from observing because I've been I haven't competed in Shutsen, but I've been to national level, world level multiple times, and I get to watch all these different health handlers, and every single really talented handler 
has a pre-trial routine that they do with their dog and they do it every time. And a lot of it is making the dog wait before they go into it. And I think that's something that a lot of new handlers neglect to do. They don't, they don't think about it. Um, it's not the same as when they're, they go out to train, when they go out to train, they rush, they grab all their stuff, they get right on the field and they go instead of like coming out, making the dog sit and wait and whatever. So I don't know if that's, I mean, just having having a clear work signal, like for, for IGP, there's three different phases and I want the dog in a different state of mind for each phase. Um, obedience, I want them engaged with me. I want them just blocking out every external thing and just focusing completely on me. For protection, I want them hunting for the bad guy, like I want them in fight drives. Um, and then for tracking, I want my dog obviously calm um, and focused on on searching the ground. Um, so I have work, I have essentially like different cues for each one, like the way that I bring my dog out to the field. Um, and then if I feel like my dog is anticipating one, like for dogs that like protection, a lot of dogs, you bring them out for obedience and they wanna do protection. So they think it's protection time. So it's important that in the foundation training, like if you bring your dog out and your dog's just looking for the decoy, like don't do bite work something do engagement play with your dog do something else like make sure your dog's waiting until you actually cue them um so my cue for protection is i i say where is he so i bring my dog out i grab her by the collar i say where is he and then when i say that like she goes crazy um but i don't i don't want her thinking about that until i say that word so if yeah. i see her if i see her preempt preemptively thinking about that then um, I got to do something different. And, and I think that like a lot of dogs, like my, my dog can be a little flat in obedience if I don't have a, like a, a good reward for her. And that doesn't mean just like giving her food or giving her a toy. Like it's all in the way I, I play with her. So I, I play with her like in a similar way, like protection training. So like when I, when I play with my dog, I have, I use the whip sometimes, like I fight with her. I like, I like, she is aggressive towards me sometimes in play, but it's like controlled and channeled. And, um, but that max, that means that her, she enjoys playing with me as much as she enjoys fighting with the or the helper. And, um, getting that out of your dog is like, takes, like, you have to know how to tap into that, how to play with your dog in, in that way. So I do a lot of like, protection style play with my dogs they're barking at me like i back tie them and i um so i think just making sure your dog's balanced in that way awesome i, I love how amy's over there still in the show grabbing all the cute ass puppies and stuff like, <laughs> sitting over here just like look there's the a property. puppy right here there's another puppy right here. That puppy wasn't cute enough for you. We're getting another puppy. <laughs> We've got people driving onto the pot property, and I've got these puppies just like loose with me. So I want to make sure they don't get run over. But also Tim's puppies. Like, talking about this complex stuff, and all of a sudden, like, it was like, puppy, puppy, yeah, puppy. <laughs> all right. Oscar, I mean, what about you? I even forgot the question about it. Because um, yeah, no, puppies. I think. Uh, no, I think uh, queuing, queuing, uh, Queuing for every phase is definitely, you know, something that you need to do. Uh, something that I, I do with my dog is I just grab the first saber right before I go in. And I've been pairing that with, you know, with competition for a long time. So as soon as I put that thing on, 
he knows that it's game on. Um, and that's how I do it for my obedience and whatnot. Oscar, do you ever have yeah. a problem? With, do you ever have an issue with Guapo thinking it's protection when you bring him out for obedience at trials? Uh, I haven't. No, I think it's very clear to him. Like when he sees like all the six blinds and everything, he knows. Yeah, I think that's like his cue. Um, yeah, but I haven't had that issue of him thinking that it's protection. Uh, yeah. In, yeah, like in ring in ring sport, I had because I I jumped straight to ring three, and there I had a I had an issue because all six blinds are up, and the day before in open field, I set my for my send away, I set up his toy, and the day of the trial, he thought the toy was out there the whole time, and I just lost him. But um, Ooh. but as far as you know, and and that's just for lack of experience that I you know I hadn't I had never done it so. Uh, but as far as IPO, he's super clear. That's one thing about him. Like, he's not the I, – I didn't teach him everything, like, you know, super precise, but he's very consistent. So he, he's usually doing pretty good as far as, like, you know, club trials and regional trials. Uh, so, yeah. That's awesome. So the funny – like, the story that I – like, with the best queuing thing that I've ever seen, and, like, this is the most – it's always the most disgusting thing that most people ask me about is, like, so hot dogs, hot dog spitting. You guys are all familiar with that, I'm assuming. So the big, the, the one of them, one of the biggest light bulb turning things for me when I'm talking about like being a handler is that one of my old mentors, he would spit hot dogs before a week trial, before it's like the trial of that when doing his obedience. And in the beginning, the, the whole entire thing when it came to OB was it put a rock in the lip and the dog would think it was a fucking hot dog. And I'm like, I'm looking at him, I'm like, Nope, don't want it that bad. Don't. <laughs> ain't, ain't <laughs> put on the, I'm not, not putting that dirty ass rock in my mouth. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> like, like that. And I think I remember, like, that's when I was like, all right, cool. So I need this dog to listen to me all the time. So I'm just gonna make this motherfucker eat for me, like, no matter what. So I'm just always gonna continuously, like, that's how the ether mills. So that's what's helped me. So I, I'm hoping that eventually, once this stuff all comes down, we can hop on and I can test one of my guys. I really want to uh, work my dog, Zilla. Um, and in PSA, he's not he's not live by any means, but he's definitely a dog that I. It's pretty interesting. Look at Amy over here with the puppies. Um, <laughs> that, that's the one dog I, really, I definitely want to trial out there. Uh, so you guys brought you guys both brought up a really good thing. Uh, as a helper or decoy, do you work your own dog? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I and before. I before these guys talk about it, I want people to, when they hear that statement, understand these are very high level guys in the industry. Uh, they understand how to read drives. They understand how to do all the things that need to be done and make it productive and non-conflictive. So just because- And they spend a lot of time building relationship with their dog away from that. Cause you could screw a dog up if you're not know what you're doing for sure. Yep. So Tim, you were saying something we were saying about brother? Yeah, no, I, I, I work my dog a lot. I'd say like probably 80, 90%. Um, and honestly, part of it is just I, you know, have a hard time like hooking up with somebody um, to train with. Um, just, you know, I'm out here in, in the boonies. So, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, everybody's kind of far away. Um, and um, so I do it. I, I do it partially out of necessity. But I, I also like doing it too because um 
I've never had an issue with her. Like she, she has a lot of drive. She has a lot of fight drive. She loves to fight with the helper. Um, but I've never had an issue with her, like, you know, bringing her out and she's like blowing me off. Like she's, she's always been super engaged with me. So I think it's, I, I would recommend people, um, learning like how to, how to work their dog. I think it actually helps like build your relationship. Um, yeah. obviously like, you, you know, you want to do it under somebody's guidance if you've not, if you haven't done it before, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of value there. So, um, yeah. And if I, Oscar and I are always talking and trying to hook up to train, but we're both so busy. So yeah, I would love, but well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying this, I, I'm in the middle. So, I mean, everyone can make a trip out to Gilroy. <laughs> I know. We're yeah, selfishly yeah. saying this, but still. For sure, we need to like do a we need to do like a group, a group thing, meet somewhere. Awesome. Yeah. You saying you work your own dog too? Yeah, I I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it's a sport as well, and you know, you're gonna put the pieces together, you know, especially like, like me, I I, I want like for an I have an active uh, guard out, and I have one that's silent. I want to make sure that I teach these components kind of on my own. And again, my dog is super clear-headed. Um, he's super, you know, he's no. he's a level-headed dog, so I don't really have too many issues. And you know, I know I know that a lot of people hearing this are going to be like, yeah, but then you know, they're 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 not going to be a real. It's not a real protection dog because how is he biting its owner or whatever? But the truth is that it's a sport. And away from the sport, I also work Wapo, and I, in that sense, I would never do it myself. If you know, if I'm doing like boogeyman work or something like that, that's I'm not going to be doing that. Somebody yeah. else is going to be doing it. But as far as for the sport, you know, we, I want to see what my dog's going to be doing. How, you know, if I want to get them to sometimes you feel like you're the, you you know what you want from your dog and you can't explain it to somebody. Yeah. So you got to do the work yourself <laughs> and try to get, try to make it happen. Um, and again, when the dog is in the field compared to behind my fence, it's a complete different dog. So uh, if you're not able to, you know, People out there listening that are already, I could already hear it, you know, oh, how are they going to work their own dog? If you can't comprehend how a dog could think different in the field and in a real life scenario, then, uh, yeah, I can't help you there. I think, like, one of the most important things for people to understand, especially with that last, you know, thing that you were saying is that there's different, you know, avenues in bite sports. You know, bite work isn't bite work, like, completely all the way around. It's not personal protection. It's not just sport. It's not just all this other stuff law enforcement it's different things you know in certain you know i think jake scott even said it too like in his his one of his dogs was like a mr3 dog or the last two is like he's like it's literally just games for him like he's not a live dog he won't bite anybody for real he doesn't give a shit like it's just literally just a big game of tug um and like for me like i personally i do my own foundation uh with my dogs up until i have to start putting pressure down and then the reason why I don't work them after that is because I change, you know, my look, we do mostly, we do personal protection or law enforcement work. So it's like, it's not, it's not a sport thing. So I don't need them to listen to me and do all this other stuff. I need them to fight me at a certain level. And that's where I, I draw my line at, but I, I'm as anal as shit when it comes to my foundation. Cause like you said, Oscar is like, I want specific things out of my bites. I want specific things. Like I want my dogs digging with the moors. I want to be able to fill those things and, make sure they're digging in deeper and, you know, pushing in and doing all this other stuff. So, I mean, there's, you know, I'm a little more of a control freak in that, in that sense. And 
my uh, my own trainers and apprentices can uh, vouch for that because I barely even let them work their own puppies. So <laughs> it's always you typically just me and until they get to a specific level, I know they're ready and then then they then they get it. So <laughs> and then they deal with the repercussions That's of it. the job. For sure. Right, yeah. let's see. We got one more here. I know you guys are busy, so I want to make sure I don't keep you guys on too long. Uh, let's see. And we're I'm just, just going to talk to them here. All right, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Miss over here, just still on the show with the puppies. Uh, how come my dog goes after certain dogs, but not some dogs? Uh, he walks by huskies fine, but wants to kill two fat labs the next uh, time down. Nice house down. He's racist. So <laughs> trigger stacking. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm sure just dropping I mean, the bomb. <laughs> and I'm not even. Kind of. It can be true. Imagine if I was drinking. <laughs> uh yeah what oscars i mean some dogs really are they pick breeds like we have um we use dogs in our our personal dogs for behavior work and so um our little also, house your goats where are the goats at my goats yeah where are those goats at I saw they're the goats. like <laughs> stay on this long enough they'll probably be over here i have you can't see it off screen. There's two cats and four dogs and two sheep randomly walking around this field. Uh, so trigger stacking can be the other thing, you know? So like you walk by one dog, it's fine. You walk, walk by another dog, it's fine. But like it builds up, it's building stress. It's building stress until finally, it's like, you know, when you, something bad happens in the morning. Like, pulled off or, huh? You guys uh, blacked out. Oh, oh. Are we there? Can you see us? I can hear you. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Keep talking. Uh, Yeah. So trigger stacking. But I also think that some dogs develop like dislikes for like the racist. I mean, our, our little house dog, Misty, hates German Shepherd puppies because we get a lot of German Shepherd puppies that have really inappropriate energy. And she has like over time learned that young German Shepherds have inappropriate energy. So she's more... She's a little bit uh, tougher on any German Shepherd puppy that comes into our house. Yeah. Just a conditioned response at that point. Like she sees this type of looking dog and she expects it to act a certain way. So she, yeah. Same thing happens with pet people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're take their dog to the dog park and it gets attacked once or twice by a black lab looking dog or a yellow lab looking dog. And all of a sudden it hates lab looking dogs and it's fine with other dogs because they're not, you know, to them, it's not the same thing yeah oscar yeah no I, I i agree with everything they said you know that dog probably has had a bad experience or you know got some bad energy from a fat lab and now it hates fat labs so <laughs> i think uh or it's just fat yeah <laughs> she's bo he's body shaming him <laughs> like you should work out. <laughs> yeah. He might not be in a reactive. He's just trying to coach them. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying uh, to yeah, train them. What are, you saying, what are you saying, Tim? No, no nothing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, like everyone else said on this one, you know, it's associated. I mean, doctor associated based learners. So, I mean, the association is going to be timed in with, you know, whatever breed of dog that was or look of dog that is uh, that i just bounce out here again um 
So, I mean, it's always going to be based on the, you know, look of dog or whatever dog that is. So associated based learning, but also it's because you, you let them do it. So stop letting them do that shit and they won't do that shit. There you go. Amen. Amen. Can you see us? I, I see you guys. I see everyone pretty clearly here. Uh, oh, here you go. There's one specifically for you, Tim. Can Tim recommend an, any any good IGP clubs in the Bay Area, specifically South Bay Peninsula or East Bay? Um, yeah, there's San Jose Shutson Club. Dave Delasegas, he's down there. Beast. Yeah, he's a man. He's a monster. That guy is. I think he's in his sixties, but he's been doing it forever. He's super super athletic, still like amazing. Yeah. So he's down there. Um, that's the only club I know of. In we the, have Sunday Club. He said East Bay. We're kind of East Bay. <laughs> we have. Uh, you guys are in East Bay. I mean, I, you know. No. We, we're considered East Bay on Craigslist. We're considered East Bay. That's like I'm According considered South Bay or whatever Santa Clara County or South Bay. Like I'm way the fuck down here. <laughs> I'm like, nah. I'm in Gilroy. That ain't. It ain't South Bay. This is we're in the fucking country. Isn't are you guys close to place, Placer, Placer something, Placer County? Or I think you guys are close to that, right? Placerville? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's like an hour hour from us. That's further away, like north from us. So north, right? that got wouldn't got be near there. I think they said, let me say, I think they said South Bay. So I think you're right on that. South Bay or Peninsula yeah. or East Bay. So I'm not sure if, yeah. South I, Bay, I recommend, uh, I recommend uh, Tim out there. That's who I would go train with. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. I mean, yeah, if you're naming those many counties and areas, I mean, you gotta, you're in that same vicinity as the Cutterson, so you gotta go there. So, but yeah, if it's if like, it's less than two hours away, you better go. Dude, it's California, bro. No one wants to drive anywhere over here. No, I, I do like seminars out in like the on the East Coast or Midwest or even the South, and everyone's like, I drove from like someone drove from like Texas to Memphis. For one of my seminars in the in in the what, mid south, I'm like he's like yeah it wasn't a problem and like people drove from other places like you ain't getting that shit in California motherfuckers want to drive thirty minutes nah <laughs> hey I went to Mexico I did a little working weekend in Mexico and dudes traveled from like other places and I'm like dude like twenty four hour drives and shit I'm like what I'm like oh hell no I would have never came for that shit that's way too far <laughs> that's because that's because you're already Oscar Mora bro. Hey, dog. what can I say, man? It's my last name. I can't pronounce shit. I'm, I'm I butcher everything. Uh, <laughs> um, awesome guys. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys for being on here, taking the time out of your busy ass lives. I know we touched on it earlier. You know, being a dog trainer and a business owner are two different things, and they require a lot of different time and dedication. So. I appreciate you guys for all the stuff that you guys are doing and for being on the show. Um, I hope to get you guys back on whenever we do another one uh, and also train together. So yeah, yeah let's do it. Looking let's forward it. to it. it. Like I said, I'm in the middle kind of like you are. You're uh, not in the middle, of, but <laughs> you're closer to us. Awesome. You got to drive, bro. You got to drive. Yeah, yeah. I'll, be driving. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be driving to Oregon. Uh, soon so maybe i'll hit you guys up on the way over there you're going you to oregon? i swear to god if you come to oregon and you pass by me and you don't stop by we're we're not gonna be friends anymore nah, bro. Nah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit you up for sure i'm literally yeah, right I'm off 101 like you like my facility where are you going into is, oregon oscar to medford 
Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go that to cool. go That's the area. That's cool. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. If I like it enough, I might get my ass down there. We'll see. We're talking about moving to Oregon. That's the five year plan. Five, ten year plan, oh, somewhere shit. in there. Let's all buy shit, a condo. I, I got to get there first, make sure I have a big enough business so when you guys get there, you guys don't just yeah, take over all my shit. So this I see you guys spoiler. killing it over there with all them dogs. I'm like, damn, I'm glad I'm not close to them. Shit. <laughs> spoiler alert, we are opening in Seattle, so we will have something out there. So you'll oh, are be you? over there. Damn. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, That's good, man. Weather, good for you. Weather, uh, it's so much nicer. I'm tired of this 110 degree weather. I want to live near a river and trees and lakes and I'm just tired Pretty of Gavin Newsom. I just want yeah. to can't be shutting our shit down all weird stuff. Fuck that guy if you're on. I mean, yeah, no yeah, one's going to see it. Like, like, I can't be 10 minutes from one county where anyone can do everything and then be in my county where no one can do anything. You can get fine. So. You can't eat. You can, you can eat outdoor restaurants. So you can do uh, you can do outdoor restaurants here, but there's limited seating. But then if you go like 20, like Monterey County, uh you go down there with no mask, like you get fined. And then oh, yeah. San Bernardino, what? like which is in between the two of us, it's completely open. And then oh, wow. Santa Clara, where we're at, because we're like on the far south of Santa Clara County, you're it's locked down. Wow. So that's weird. Crazy, this is such a weird thing. Okay, well, that's why this show is supposed oh, yeah. to be fun for everybody, which is what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, guys, I appreciate you guys. Um, we're gonna log off here. Uh, the team's gonna bring you back in here for a little recap stuff. But I appreciate you guys again. Uh, cheers to everybody here for being on the show. Cheers! Ooh. Thank you, Mike. Uh, hey, thanks. Thank you, guys. Uh, You're awesome. And I'll talk to you guys soon here. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, right. thanks, guys. And you're awesome too, Amy. <laughs> You're all right.